Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Dazed and Infused. Super stoked to have Zach Neal uh, here tonight with us. Um, founder uh, with his business partner, I believe, Cheech Marin of Munchichos, an innovative concept in the stoner edible space. Um, not infused, but everybody needs a munchie. So Munchichos will be your way to go. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's, it's cool having you here. Um, so I'd just start out my standard question in every interview I do, because people like to hear where you came to cannabis. What's your historical relationship to cannabis? Seventh grade, um, smoking, running down a hill, having police turn dogs on me, swimming through a river, discovering Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I smoked for the first, I was 13. And so this was like in the early 90s. And so it was still very, very uh, illegal, especially where we lived. And um, some friends were like, we had, it was a big plan. First, we had to find weed. That was a hard thing to do back then if you were 13. There was like usually some guy that was like a senior in high school that looked like he was like 40. Or your uh, uncle. <laughs> yeah. And he had a jean jacket usually with like a Metallica patch on. And that guy always had weed. So um we found that guy. We made a big plan. It was like Friday afternoon at school behind the buses. We were going to buy a dime bag. Do they still do dime bags? Anything? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a thing anymore. No, it's just a brand um, now. Yeah. <laughs> so we were going to buy it. We we're going to, you know, we we're going to like uh, smoke it in a bowl that we made out of, um, ironically, a spice jar, a plastic garlic powder jar. Yeah. So, so you took a garlic powder jar and then you took the top of it and you cut it out and then you put tin foil and poked holes in the tin foil and put the cap back on, cut out. And then you took, a knife and put it in the side of it and put an empty pen tube in it. And so um, it wasn't very good. Let's put it that way. A lot of coughing, a lot of throat burning, some garlic powder residue, maybe leftover. Um, but we got high and then police came around the back. We were in the back of a bowling alley. Um, the police came around the back and they actually turned dogs loose. And so we had to run down this hill in the woods and it was cold and we had to swim through like a stream. And um, we got away, but we were laughing really, really hard. Um, the whole time because you know that was that was my first experience just laughing. Every I knew I was like I'm so dead. My parents are going to catch me. I'm going to get arrested. But I was laughing. Um, and then we went to my friend's house, um, who was the kid that got me into weed to begin with. And we actually watched um, Cheech and Chong movies. It was my first time ever seeing it. I think we watched like Up in Smoke. And classic. So, yeah. So I became an instant fan. There, I've watched those movies. Um, not high and they're definitely different it's a different experience watching them high versus not high but True that, that was like my seventh grade fanboying on uh cheech marin and so full circle now i'm doing business with him so it's like childhood dream come true well that's a cool story especially with the dogs being turned on you it's like something yeah the simpsons Smith's they were not let the dogs playing <laughs> yeah it was like they told us to stop and we like didn't and then they were like Say they said something, which now I realize was like we're gonna let the dogs loose. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, it was a big deal. That was really I had a lot of friends that like did like serious time in jail for getting caught with like small amounts of marijuana when I was a teenager. So 
pretty crazy. Well, yeah, that's a very, I know you're in New York now where your business enterprises are. Um, uh, I know a lot of guys from New York, especially Manhattan, who spent a night in the tombs just because they had some doobies on them, you know, and they just bumped up against the wrong plain clothes cop, you know, during uh, the Giuliani days. And it was just like, yeah, you're coming with me. It's like, that's a, <laughs> that's a roach, man. <laughs> Why am I going to jail? You know, crazy stuff. It's crazy how far it's come. I remember I worked at a head shop. Um, where my job was building, we had to call them tobacco pipes. Then you weren't allowed to say bowl. You weren't allowed to oh, say yeah. bong tobacco pipes, but that's all I did. They would come in, the metal ones would come in these giant boxes of parts and you'd have to just like put them, put the screens in. And I remember there was always like a rally. The guy that owned it was like a, a serious hippie and he was always going to like save the planet. Hemp can save the planet rallies, legalize rallies. I just never thought I would actually see the day where it started getting legalized. And now it's just such a, uh, such a different world. Now, what's the status in New York? Is it is it legal or is it medicinal? What's what's going on in New York right now? It's decriminalized. That's so a big step. That's a big step. Yeah. So basically, like you can just use it. You can have. I think I don't know what the amount that you're allowed to have on you, but I think I think you can have like up to an ounce on your person and not get in trouble. Um, I still think hand to hand combat of like selling is is frowned upon, but they're just not arresting people for it. And they're smoking in the streets here. It's pretty much the same as LA. The only thing is we don't have the dispensaries yet, but yeah. they're coming. They're I do coming. know uh, there's a young lady I know who's on the um, Upper West Side who has a little CBD store that she's got her Delta 8 products. And it's like the nice. the nice workarounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, people at home are probably super interested. We have had Tommy Chong on before. We haven't had Cheech on the phone, on the phone or on the uh, program yet. But how did you meet Cheech? I mean, I, he's pretty reticent about doing interviews and stuff, but how did you guys meet? So this is also a true story that's going to sound like a fake story, but it's a true story. Okay. You heard um, it here first. Yeah, I wanted to, so I, I've been in the restaurant space for a little while. I'm a chef and a restaurateur, and I really just got interested. I like doing things that are off the beaten path. All my restaurants are themed environments. We do, every day is Halloween restaurant. We do all these wacky things. We did a Will Ferrell pop-up for a long time where it was all like an Anchorman bar. And <laughs> I just liked doing fun things. And when the pandemic hit, I just noticed the pickup and delivery. But the one common thread was that most of these restaurants stopped delivering at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. That's it. Last call. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, what do you do for all of the rest of the world? That's like, even if they're home and they're not going out to bars, a lot of people are night owls. I'm a night owl. I'm up till three or four in the morning every day. And especially if you're, if you're smoking or using cannabis after hours, you're definitely getting the munchies post midnight. Um, and people that creative people, people that are in studios, you know, writers, directors, producers, all these people are nightlife people. And then in the bars, the bars close at 2 a.m. And it's like, what do you do? So I really wanted to pair um, a food concept with like a cannabis lifestyle concept. It was more about not just about the obvious stuff, like the, the super junk food and the deep fried stuff. And we have that. That's on the pothead menu. Mm -hmm. But we also have like vegan choices and vegetarian and plant-based stuff and the healthy side, more of the healing foods and CBD infusions and things. So that was my idea. And um, I was like, and how, I long, wish, how long ago was that, Zach? I don't know, a year maybe. Okay, go ahead. Um, and so I was just, I was talking to a business partner of mine, Walter Mosley, who's also an entertainment attorney in, in Hollywood. Um, and I just said to him, I was like, you know, my dream would be, he's like, we should get like somebody to partner with us on this. And I was like, well, my dream would be to get Cheech Marin. And he, he knew who he was, but he wasn't like as familiar as, as I was. 
And he was like, refresh my memory. Who's Cheech Marin? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Cheech and Chong, dude. Come are on. Are you, you know? fucking kidding me? Really? Right. <laughs> and uh, and so he, he just wasn't really a part of that world growing up. And so he was like, well, how hard would it be to reach? I'm like, I don't know. You're an entertainment attorney. He's like, well, let me make a call tomorrow because I know somebody that I think might know him from like the, the cannabis world. Mm-hmm. And he called me 12 hours later and he was like, I've got the number for Cheech's manager. We're pitching today. Um, wow. So we called and we pitched his manager first <clears throat> and his manager had us on the phone with Cheech maybe three hours, four hours later. Um, and then we set a meeting to meet in LA when we were all in town and we met, I think it was probably two or three months later, my business partners met with him and um, we pitched him the concept and he was like, I love this, but he was like, I want to make sure you can cook. <laughs> I want to make sure your concept <laughs> isn't stupid. So he wanted to come to one of my restaurants and eat dinner which he did and he really loved it. And then he just kind of greenlit the whole thing. Uh, no pun intended, didn't greenlit. Um, like it. But um, yeah, so he's just, he's a really, really nice and a really, really generous guy. Um, he definitely was, took a little bit of a risk getting into business with someone that we don't have a lot of history. Um, I guess I could probably just start lying in these interviews and say we grew up together and, you know, we've known each other for 30, 30 years, but He's the reality my uncle is, who sold me weed. <laughs> We're strangers to each other for the most part up until this business venture. So right. it was a really um, it's a really generous thing for him to want to get involved. And uh, our plan is to franchise this model all over the U.S. and Europe and other places and go to take it to college towns. And it's really just the place where you eat, you know, up until 3 a.m. And our, the menu is twisted crazy. And it's got so many options for so many different types of cannabis users. We have the healer menu, the creator menu, the pothead menu that, you know, different kind of broken up into different types of lifestyles and different types of foods you might want. And the stuff that are myself and some of my other partner chefs have been working on is just, just crazy. Okay. Well, before we get into kind of what the model is, I want to just do a little read here for one of our new brands that came on board. And that brand is the Green River Extracts. Amazing rosins that you can buy in a store starting next week. Look for Green River Extracts in a dispensary near you. Brought to you by my company, Sense Distribution. Great, great smoke for those who like to dab. And Green River puts the love back in cannabis. So look for Green River soon. Zach, uh, so... This ghost kitchen model, right, that you're working on, and you're just, I, I would imagine you're just looking for partners in every larger municipal area, right, to take yes. this on. And it seems like, probably unbeknownst to you, you're really on the forefront of something that came during COVID, and that is this takeout menu, the curbside service, and how a lot of people are gravitating this. And it doesn't look like it's temporary. It looks like this is a permanent thing. Is that kind of your take too? Yeah. And I think it's long overdue, honestly, because how many DUIs or drunk driving accidents or all those kind of misfortunes happen after someone leaves a bar when they're driving to get something to eat or they want, you know, and so like right. with these services now, DoorDash and Postmates, all these different things, like you don't really have to do that anymore. You can be two o'clock in the morning and you can be, you know, under the influence of whatever, and you don't have to risk your life or get in an automobile or drive out. I mean, I suppose you could always take an Uber, right? But you don't have to spend that extra money to get the gratification you're looking for. And so even pre-pandemic, I've, I've been seeing the, the restaurant model go more that direction. It's just about convenience. Like I don't, I'm in a recording studio. I'm a musician. It's one o'clock in the morning. I don't want to drive anywhere. I just want something brought to me. Um, 
And so that was definitely a part of it. And, and to your question about the ghost kitchens, um, it's just been so, it's been fundamentally and historically expensive to open restaurants forever. And it's not a high profit yield business. A lot of people think that it is, but it, it's not. Margins on restaurants are garbage. And so it just shouldn't cost that much to make and, and feed people. And so with the ghost kitchen model, you're really cutting out a lot of the stuff that you don't need. You don't need furniture. You don't need decor. You don't need all these other services and staff that are all about hosting guests. You just really need a solid kitchen crew. So you need your three to five people working in your kitchen and you need the kitchen space and equipment and food storage. And so a lot of times we're just subleasing from other restaurants that aren't using their business during that hours, you know? So, so is it, is it your staff that you've trained to go in and do these functions? It's not the native yeah. staff or it could be, it, I guess, right? It could be. Yeah. It could be like in Los Angeles, what we're doing is there's a really awesome lady that owns a cafe there, but her cafe is done at like three o'clock in the afternoon every day. She does like a breakfast and lunch. Right. Um, and so we met with her and we were like, listen, we would love to give you a nighttime business and, you know, tell us what your rent is. Tell us what your overhead is. And we'll like basically split it with you. And that way you're cutting your, your costs in half by letting us operate the other seven or eight hours a day at night when you're not there. And initially it was just going to be like a sublet, but then she was like, I think my staff and I want to do this and I'm just going to, we can keep everyone employed full time. We can switch things around. So in that case, we're just training her staff on our recipes and menu um, and then in New York, we have our own staff. But I imagine as this thing grows beyond the, the first two cities, we'll probably be using more of utilizing other people's staffs. And we'll just be going to those locations and training and, you know, kind of making sure everything's right. Yeah. You actually brought up a good point. Um, I was years and years and years ago, I was in the restaurant business too, you know, not on your level. I was just a lowly chef in the kitchen. And uh, um, you brought up a point where kit, the, a restaurant is two businesses it's it's the the cooking and the and the cuisine and it's yep. hospitality absolutely and, and actually i didn't even think about it until just right now about how in order to sometimes maintain super super high culinary standards the hospitality thing is that's that's kind of a different world you know mm -hmm. and and they they don't always intersect i mean you've got people like you know gordon ramsay and um thomas keller and guys like this who who make a, a thing about the show the showmanship and right, right. the cuisine and the hospitality aspect because it's this uber service and this uber you know amazing um cuisine but this is giving the opportunity to have kitchens kind of focus on you know what they're good at we cook food we cook good food and i don't have a, a server coming back and throwing spaghetti at me saying the client said this was cold and he's not going to tip me <laughs> yeah. yeah it takes a lot of that out and not to not to say that that's not important but there's time and place for that stuff like all of my restaurants that i currently own are full service restaurants they are and because they're thematic we employ actors entertainers sword swallowers fire eaters we have this giant over-the-top light show and production and audio and video and so wow we're spending thousands of dollars a day on the front of house and thousands of dollars a day on the back of house to meld the whole experience together and it's it's great, but sometimes people just want a triple cheeseburger at two o'clock in the morning and they don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. And so this, this fills that gap. I think that this is a great model for college towns, obviously major cities, but I'm on, I'm honestly a little more excited. You know, the major cities are cool for launch, but I'm actually a little more excited about 
going to the college towns and going to Ohio and going to Pennsylvania and going oh, to yeah. you know, those, those markets. You'll kill it there. You'll yeah, kill it. I think so. And, and are people searching you out to become participants within your model? I mean, are you known enough yet in terms of the Manchichos model that they're looking no. to you? We haven't opened, like our first ones are going to open in January. So we're going to open New York first. Three weeks later, we'll open LA. Mm-hmm. Um, we have done a little bit of press, like like talking to you guys today. And we did some stuff last week is the first round of press that we've done because we're just kind of getting started now on the marketing. Um, but we had done a little bit of press and we had somebody from Texas reach out and say, hey, Texas A&M, I have a property across the street. There's 32,000 students you guys will crush here. And I'm like, absolutely. But do you have people, you know, cause that's, that's, the, that's the most important part of this is like, can someone set us up with, that's why I think that this might be interesting to other restauranters, people who maybe have struggled a little because of the pandemic. Yeah. They have a space, they have a kitchen, maybe they're not doing that good. This might be an opportunity for them to, to subsidize their income, offset their expenses and, and make some money with us. I, I love it because like you said, um, you know, restaurants are, you know, they, they don't have a full cycle in terms of um, revenue uh, stream because it, you can open from breakfast to dinner if you wanted, but you're you're insane if you do that basically because yeah. you have you have no life left. Right. Or you could do the French model where you're just doing the late the lunch and then you close and you one seating for dinner. That's another model. Um, or you could just do dinner seating like a lot of people like um, my friend Ron does in in his Michelin star restaurant. And um, you know it's interesting all these little niches, but you're picking up on something that that is beneficial for workers it's beneficial for the site owners or the renters and the leaseholders uh, it's really cool it's admirable i like it i mean it it, it fills this neat neat niche so uh, my kudos to you my friend thank you very much <laughs> yeah so how active is cheech going to be in this i mean has he expressed interest in like doing uh like uh planet hollywood <laughs> you know where he's coming by saying hi or yeah i i think that Cheech seems to be very engaged in everything he does. You know, he's a big art collector and he's a very artistic guy. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for being for being known as being like a funny man, and he is a super funny guy, but he's also a very serious, you know, he's serious about what he does. If he puts his name or his face on something, he takes it very seriously. So he's been very involved in the creative aspect. He's been very involved. In, like, he's been like, listen, you're a chef, so go make great food, but then let's talk about it. And let's talk about why and what and how and um, you know, logos and names and all that stuff. I mean, the, the name was a no brainer because it's a playoff of it's munchies and his name he melded together. Munchie yeah. chose, you yeah. know? Um, so he's very involved. I do think that he's going to be right. I mean, you remember teaches like in his seventies and the guy's a work horse. He's still, he's in Canada right now shooting a movie. Yeah. He just rebooted Nash bridges with Don Johnson. So he's, he's doing a lot of stuff with that. So I'm like, he, I'm 42 and I feel like Cheech is working way more than I'm working. I'm like, I don't know how he does it. He's really, and, um, and he is a legitimate pothead. Like that's yeah. not, that's not fluff. So I'm like, you're working like 80 hours a week. You're fi- still finding time to be like a legitimate pothead and to be Cheech. You're still finding time to be a father and a family man and still finding time to, for these kinds of projects. Um, so I think he'll definitely do appearances um, he's, we're definitely gonna do some fun stuff with that. We had talked about actually having him maybe like in the LA area, show up to deliver people's food once in a while. They make oh, an order. That he's the guy shit. that shows up, you know, in the, in the hat and like, Hey, how you doing? You know, and give him the fucking dollar. And, yeah. um, so I, I think we're going to have some fun with it and, and do some playful things like that. Like I said, he's just been, he's been probably the easiest person to work with 
um, which sometimes you don't think that celebrities are going to be easy to work with, but he's, he's not that way at all. He's just really, really down to earth, super easygoing guy. That is super cool to hear. Shout out to Cheech Marin. Marin yeah. for doing i live in marin county actually and so it's a, a conundrum from marin <laughs> instead of marin um you know we've had a guest on this show before who's very um active in the instagram um munchy crowd uh, eat it katie if you don't know her on instagram i would look her up she's be a great spokesperson for this project she's hilarious. Nice. she is hilarious um so we're at that point in this show i'd just love to hear a stony story from you if you got one and it could be about you anybody you know or name wow. names man let's let's throw somebody under the bus so this is this is embarrassing but i'm gonna do it anyway because oh, this is a good one I've never been asked to tell a stony story before, especially in any public forum. So this would have been shortly, not too long after um, the running down the hill from the police dogs, probably a couple months later. It's when I was definitely becoming a pothead. So I'm still like a junior high schooler. And so the guy in our town that was my friend, that was like the hookup for this stuff, his name was Danny. And Danny's, Danny's passed on. So I can, I can name names and nobody's going to get in any, uh, in any trouble. <laughs> Um, but he was like my best friend growing up uh, in junior high school. And, um, both of our parents were very religious. They were ultra like born againers. And that's kind of how we met mm. by getting forced to go to church every Sunday. And so, um, it was the kind of environment where if we got caught smoking weed, we were like, our lives were over. It wasn't just like a little, it was like, we were grounded until we were 18 kind of thing. And so yeah. we had to go far away. Um, from his house to or for anywhere to, to smoke and so we found this pine tree um, that we would go sit under in the woods and it was just low enough like the branches were like just at head level and it kind of gave you this like little closure and I don't know what we were smoking because this was again this is like the early 90s nobody's talking about strains like you just got what you got if you could find weed it was like kind of brown yeah. it's in a bag yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't know what it was there was no indica or sativa that shit was not a thing back then they would look at you like you were crazy if you asked for something special you're like what do you have you're like i have weed how much do you want right, right what right. kind of weed right so whatever we had was the kind of weed that just made you laugh and gave you those crazy overwhelming giggles that, that people you know experience early on and so we had gone out into this forest to um to smoke weed i was three myself danny and, and his friend Vinny, and we had gone out there and we started smoking and we got the crazy crazy giggles to the point where like we're laughing. It was almost becoming like anxious because we were laughing so hard. I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe because I'm laughing so hard. I can't breathe and I can't stop laughing. And everything was just funny. And I remember my friend Danny was like, please stop making me laugh. He was like begging us, please stop making me laugh because I'm going to pee my pants. If you don't stop like guys, I really am. And like, so we just kept laughing and laughing. And then all of a sudden he starts peeing his pants. And then I see him peeing his pants and I'm like, oh no. And then like, I pee my pants. And then our friend Vinny is like, I can't believe you guys peed your pants. And as he stands up, we see that he has also peed his pants. So like oh three, God. like, like, you know, eighth, ninth grade dudes, like in the woods laughing so hard from smoking that we literally all pissed our pants and then had to walk home, you know, a mile and, and explain why we were all, you know, grown boys peeing our pants. But that's probably one of my better uh, stony stories for sure. Well, Zach, that is probably the greatest stony story I've heard so far. Nice. <laughs> and it didn't and it didn't involve brownies i appreciate that. <laughs> well that's super cool man um you've been a great guest and i would love to hear uh then the next iteration what's happening so um Absolutely. please come back on the show and 
um if, if cheech is around grab him too i mean i'm down in hollywood all the time so if you're if you're down there look me up i'd love to do a live with you guys It'd be super yeah, cool that sounds great thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it yeah and i really um i really really wish you guys total success because i think this model is going to help so many people in terms of the restaurant world and the cook, the cooks and the, and the, the prep chefs and everybody else, it gives a lot more opportunity. So yeah, congratulations. And I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Likewise to you guys. Appreciate it. Zach, thanks very much for being here. And as always, this show is brought to you by Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S, delicious sugar, agave, and stevia, all brought to you with THC, delicious THC to make your day brighter and start your day out nice. Look for Shuggies in the dispensary near you. Brought to you by Sense Distribution. Zach Neal, our guest, and Munchichos, his new enterprise with Cheech Marin. Marin, sorry. Sorry, Cheech. And we will talk to you soon again here on Days and Infused. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.